Hello, I'm Andrew Hewson of Huey Games, and you're listening to the Scene World podcast. Okay. Okay. Sup, Scene Worldios? It's us. That's Jurg. I'm me. How's it hanging? <laughs> so, today we are talking to. Tommy Tellerico and Hans Ippisch from Intellivision. Yeah, the, the, the Intellivision. Exactly. And we will be talking about their new hot <laughs> called Amico. Mm-hmm. That's just in a minute. Before that, we've got a couple of pieces of news, not too much. Yeah. It's been a pretty slow week. So yeah. I'll, I'll let you go first. Well, um... As a um, gamer, you probably have heard about the MacVaria series. Mm-hmm. And in December last year, actually, MacVaria 5 was released. Okay. Um, yeah. And it was developed by Branya Games. And it's an Epic Store exclusive. So if you want to have it, you need the Epic Game Store. And I have to say, it's really <clears throat> strong on my eight-years-old PC. It just uh, works. Okay. But okay. it's already struggling a bit. Yeah. Interesting. Maybe I should try it on mine, which is not <laughs> a brand-new PC either. It's, it, will not, it will not work. Mm, you never know. If it's not meeting the the system requirements, no no chance. Okay. At least. Anyway, it's a lot of fun, and of course, trying out the first mission, I failed. Yeah. Few seconds before the mission was ended. Yeah. Anyway, it's it's great to have a successor to the game. Um, you know. Yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah. um, my news over here is that um, the Mega 65 has been in in progress for a while now. Um, they've been running a Kickstarter campaign to get the funding for the um, the molding for the, the cases and everything to really put it together. Mm-hmm. And um, they just got a single donation for 40,000 pounds, British pounds. Oh. Which put them right over, I, bl- I believe it put them right, up, uh, right over the top, so now they have the funding to do that. Wow. Yeah, one single guy donated that. So. All his life savings. Yeah, pretty much. Or just someone that's got the, got the cash to... Wow, to spend on it, which is which is wow. great. If I had forty thousand extra dollars running around, you're damn straight. I'd I'd give it to Mega sixty five because it's an awesome project. <laughs> so that's that's cool. That's it doesn't look like it's a Kickstarter campaign in as much as it's a just a call for donations. Ah, and at, at currently they are at actually sixty nine thousand. Out of sixty-six, so they are three thousand pounds over what they were trying to collect. Wow! So they are there. I mean, there's. I'm. I'm looking at it on my phone, and it's like they are. They're there. Nice. Great. They've got the donations they need, so it's in. 
Wonderful. Yeah, that's amazing. So that's <laughs> another good sign. Um, that's all I got. Well, me too. Anyway, uh, other news is you were you were you were um, you were suggested the Scene World podcast as a guest station, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I. Uh, I stopped to get gas, and somebody noticed that the back of my car has the has a, aside from a, a, a sticker of a stink bug, I have a uh, you know your your average ready, and then the cursor prompt, and some guy noticed that, and I, he he thought it was great. He knew it was an old computer system, but I don't think he really understood what the Commodore sixty four was, um, because he was like going through the, all the different game systems he liked, and it was like. He was like, yeah, the Commodore 64 and the Nintendo 64. And, and I'm like, yeah, that's not really the same thing at all. But, but as he's telling me this, he goes, he goes, man, if you're into this stuff, you know, there's, a, there's a podcast you should really listen to. And he couldn't think of the name, but he pulled his phone out and he's going searching through there. And then he shows me, and it's the Scene World podcast. So, And you told him you are one of the moderators? Well, no, I, I actually just said, said oh, it's, it's a Scene World podcast. <laughs> and it took it took him a couple of seconds, and then he realized what was going on. And whoa, what did he say? He thought it was great that that we were doing the podcast, and he loved it. And he's a listener. So wow. hi, hi, random dude in gas station. Wow, nice. Did you get used to those encounter meanwhile? No, no, I, I don't. I don't ever get used to that. So hopefully, you will me, never become a makes me big incredibly YouTuber. uncomfortable. Why? Aren't you proud of what you? Yeah, I am. I, I I am. I am. I am. I just it's, so it's, shouldn't make you feel weird. It's, it, 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 it's one of those things where again, it's why do you do this stuff? And mostly because you want people to see it. But then at the same time, it's like when people do see it, <laughs> it's it's the same thing with actors that never watch the shows that they're in. You know, it's it it, it physically harms them to see themselves acting. Musicians that never listen to their music and stuff like that—it's—it's, it's, you know—and to and to know that other people are looking at it or or or, or listening to it is kind of—I don't know—it's cool, but at the same time, it's it makes you vaguely well, uncomfortable. I had a problem listening to my own voice for a long, long time, but since we are doing this podcast thing and I have to listen to my voice all the time, I don't. Yeah. Don't bother anymore. Yeah, I've gotten it's better. It's normal to me now. I've gotten better at hearing myself as well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. So, um... So, yeah, Intellivision is waiting right over there. So we should go and talk to them about what they're doing, because that's a biggins. So, today we are actually talking to two pioneers in the video game industry... And that would be Hans Episch and Tommy Tellerico. Woo. Welcome to the podcast, guys. Hey, thanks yeah. for having us. This yeah. is the, I got to say, this is the very first time that me uh, and Hans have been interviewed together at the same time. So this is an exclusive for you, oh, hey. for the world. So, yeah, the thing is, awesome. um, AJ wanted to interview somebody from a television since the first day it was announced that the new Amico system is coming out, right, uh-huh. AJ? Yeah, before we even knew it was the Amico, when it was just some Intellivision system that was coming out and we didn't know anything about it. Exactly. Well, 
and so I got I got to I, so I realize you don't know much about it. So I, I got to say it's pronounced Amico. See, now you just okay. learned one okay. thing. You learned okay. one thing. This is a good thing. This is what's why we're doing this. But Amico is the Italian word for friend. That's where it comes from. Amico. Okay. Kind of like the uh, the Spanish Amiga. Amigo, or yeah, or Amiga. Oh, you is that an Amiga back there? That is, that's an Amiga 500. Dude, <laughs> got your. Do you have the MIDI uh, hooked up? I do not. No. No, because that, that that was that was like the machine to do MIDI music on. Yeah, I yeah, got that, that Amiga 2000, by the way, from Rainbow Arts for free. Oh, whoa! But I never <laughs> did any game on Amiga, so. <laughs> Just the Commodore 64. Um, too, too complicated. I prefer Amico. <laughs> <laughs> Interestingly, so to continue the story, then um, when, when I was planning my interviews for Gamescom and Hans was actually sending me an email like, I switched companies, you know? <laughs> and then, then I figured, oh, it's in television. So, um, Well, the amazing this... thing about that, too, if you consider, I met Hans... Uh, way back in the early 1990s. And Hans has been at Computech, as I'm sure you know, in one regard or another, for about 30 years. Hans was at the same company. And then, of course, he was CEO Mm -hmm. of Computech for almost 12 years. So to have Hans who knew one company and one, you know, one, one company and stay with the whole company for over three decades, his entire career, to have him make the leap and come over to Intellivision to start our European office, I think that says a lot about the excitement that, you know, that we're generating within the game industry, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. And Jörg, you know that because every year, We've been talking about games and retro, and you know what I was always, uh, uh, what I was loving. And uh, so I guess probably for you, it was uh, the, uh, no surprise to, that I switched to, to a television. Because right. uh, other people that know me as a media house, media publishing house, they are wondering. But uh, people that re- really know what I really see myself as p- part of the games and development. And also in one of your interviews, by the way, few years ago that's i always tell these people that um i always only played games where i don't have to read a manual right, yeah. and that's something I, I told in an interview with you Jörg, uh, exactly ago, because that's what i did all my life and because i wanted to have entertainment and, and fun and not work and that's what it's all about here at amico so you know it's it's funny hans i i see a uh, i see one of our charts our game charts up on your wall and so and i'm not saying to remove it because i think it's funny but many people who are watch this are going to zoom in on that and try to figure out what all that (laughs) i I can tell like in the bottom left corner i can tell that that's skiing yeah um the brown one above it's going to be hard for people to probably figure out the one above it, people can pro- – yeah, well, the one above it, yeah, that's biplanes. And then, uh, yeah, it's kind of it's kind of grainy from there. And so uh, it, it, on the left side are the original games, and on yeah. the right side are what they look like now. So people are going to – Okay. Because we haven't released a lot of that info, so people are going to be freaking out about that, I'm, I'm sure. Uh, I was already freaking out when I heard about um, – um, 
about David Crane, actually. Yeah, yeah. I mean, David Crane wants to, uh, you know, we've been talking about, you know, working on the machine, doing a new version of Pitfall. Um, it's just been difficult because Activision, um, you know, at, with, with we don't have an installed base. Uh, you know, there's zero Amicos in the world right now. Right. So Activision and EA, those are two of the big publishers um, that are kind of taking a wait and see approach. They're actually the only two. I mean, we have so many other amazing big things on board that we're going to be announcing, you know, in the next uh, coming months. But every other single biggest license uh, on the planet is going to be coming to the machine exclusively. Uh, the, the version of the game, the versions that we're making are exclusive for our console because the way we're making the games um, with our controller, with the speaker and the microphone, the gyroscope, and the fact that you have a screen and and it's multiplayer, everything's going to be very unique, you know, to our console. So that's really what we mean when we say exclusive. Um, you won't be able to play these games and these versions of these games anywhere else. And people are like, oh, but you can play multi-couch co-op stuff on the Switch. Um, so why don't you just port this stuff to the Switch or whatever? And... That's uh, again. That's we're not making games that could even go on the Switch, even if we wanted to. Everything's integrating what all of the unique things of our console are, and that's really you know kind of the 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 genesis of the entire machine, or should I call it the Mega Drive of the entire machine? <laughs> <laughs> um, what I would like to know is we we spoke about. Um, Hans, how he started out with uh, computers and games and being part of um, Amicon Television at, at the, as the European CEO. But how did you actually, Tommy, start out in the video game industry? And how did you get to be the CEO of Intellivision and re restarting the brand? That would be yeah. interesting. Yeah, so, so a quick story of how I got in the industry. I mean, my two greatest loves growing up were always music and video games. In fact, uh, you know, my fondest memories as a kid are playing my Intellivision with my parents and my, my siblings, brothers, uh, brother and sister and, and um, uh, my friends. And, you know, that, those are my fondest, you know, some of my fondest childhood memories. And, um, but the way I got in the industry is when I turned 21, uh, I grew up in the w eastern uh, part of, of the United States called Massachusetts. And um, when I turned 21, I left my parents crying on a doorstep. Um, I got in my car all by myself, a little two-seater. And I had a, three T-shirts and a pair of jeans and my rolling keyboard and little four-track recorder. And I just started driving to California. Um, because and I've been planning this for like you know two years, saving up money to to pay off all my debt, so that when I went there, I didn't have any bills I had to worry about. Um, and so that's what I did, and um, and it took me like three weeks to get there because I stopped every. I, I never drove more than five hours. I really just saw all of America. But I left my house. I, I didn't have any money. I didn't have any job. I didn't have a place to stay. I didn't have friends out there. I just had a, a, a dream. And, uh, and I drove to California. And the first day I got out there, um, you know, I, uh, 
I, I, I picked up a newspaper and got a job selling keyboards at a guitar center. And uh, I was actually homeless. I was homeless for the first three weeks Ooh. I was in California. I was sleeping under a pier um, at Huntington Beach in Orange County. And, um, and you know, I would cry myself to sleep every night. And I was scared and I was cold and I was hungry and, and, and all that stuff. And because uh, I... But anyway, so so but that first day I picked up a newspaper. I saw a key, job at a keyboard place. I went there that day. They gave me the job. They said, you start tomorrow. Well, one of those three T-shirts I had was a TurboGrafx-16 T-shirt. And this is a system that hadn't even come out in America yet. But I was so into video games that I actually, my mom drove me to this uh, a local fair that was like eight hours from our house in Massachusetts because I read in a video game magazine that they were gonna, you know, that they were gonna have a turbo graphics. They were gonna, you were, you would be able to play this new machine from Japan that hadn't come out in America. So I made my mom drive me all the way up and I played the game and they gave me this t shirt to give them feedback about what I thought about the game. So this is how I got this t-shirt that nobody really ever had. So my first day of work, my second day in California, I wear this t-shirt. And the very per first person who walked in that day, literally the second person I ever met in California, happened to be a producer who worked for Richard Branson, and they were starting a virgin video game company right down the street. Wow. And he saw this TurboGrafx shirt, and he said, oh, my God, where did you get that? You know about TurboGrafx? It's not even out now. Because remember, back then, no one had video game T-shirts, right? This is back when, you know, now they're everywhere you look. You can order them online. They're in every store. Back then, they didn't exist. Did not exist unless you, like, worked for the company or something, right? right. So. Wow blown away that i have this t-shirt and they're like you know where'd you get it and, and i proceeded to download 21 years of my no video game knowledge on this poor guy and he says well this is great you know we're just starting the company and we're going to be looking for games testers do you want a job and i said oh my god yes so so i was in kel and so he said okay you start tomorrow so i was in california <laughs> three days and I was the very first video game tester, Virgin had I'd hired, but here I was in the, uh, you know, in the video game industry. And within a year, David Perry had come over and Mike Dietz had joined the company. And, and we basically had put together the team that did Global Gladiators on the Genesis, then Cool Spot, um, and then Disney's Aladdin. And then we all left Virgin and did Earthworm Jim 1, Earthworm Jim 2. Just a whole string uh, of hits back to back to back to back to back. So that was pretty amazing. Um, the way I got uh, in television, and I don't want to hog this whole interview, so I'll try to talk about <laughs> the, the intricate stories here. And I want to make sure Hans gets uh, some uh, a breath in. But um, the way it became in television is that I was very good friends with all the people who owned in television, and um, uh, most of which were original employees of the company. They actually started out in television in 1980, 1981. And because I was such a huge in television fan, I knew these people for like the last 15 years, 20 years. And they were just doing like small licensing deals. You know, they would do out little plug and plays or they do T-shirts. If you ever watch the Big Bang Theory, for example, <clears throat> Mel Cooper wears, you know, an Astro Smash T-shirt on, you know, on the show and stuff. So, um, 
I was friends with those guys. And the president, uh, Keith Robinson, suddenly passed away about two and a half years ago of a heart attack. And and so, uh, you know, I I was literally like at at his funeral and, and, um, you know, all all the rest of the the folks were there. And and I approached him and I said, look, what what do you guys, what's going to happen now within television? And they were kind of like, I don't know. We don't, we don't really know. And I said, well, look, I have a dream. I have a vision. Come over my house. Let me pitch you my whole concept because I saw this huge gaping hole in the video game industry, which is that people weren't playing in the same room together. Games were getting too complicated, too violent, so much loot boxes and or on mobile people trying to like take your money or advertise all the time. And I just, there were so many things that I hated and I couldn't even play video games with my parents anymore, you know? Um, and so this was my, you know, my, my frustration that, that kind of sparked this whole idea. And, and, and I said, geez, if, if this was ever going to happen in television would be the company that I would want to do it with. And so they all came over my house, the other owners, uh, and who are still with the company today. Again, they started working there in 1981 and, um, and they absolutely loved uh, the concept. Uh, so, uh, you know, I, I took ownership of uh, 50% of the company and became CEO. And uh, that was about, like I said, two and a half years ago. And we've been working on this m- new machine ever since. Incredible. Story, but maybe an interesting one to some folks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> of course, of course. Um <laughs> So how did it happen for you, Hans? You were just approached if you want to leave Compotech? <laughs> no, and... I, I, never, I, I never imagined that I would leave Computec. You know, Computec is part of my life. But, it's, uh, but it was like that. that uh, I remember when in the early t- uh, last year, uh, 2018, Tommy sent me an SMS, uh, which uh, was like, uh, does anyone know a television over there in Europe? <laughs> you know, because every time Tommy wants to know something about Europe, then he's texting me. And so it was like, my first reaction was like, oh, my God, in television, no, nobody knows it except old uh, people like us. But, um, <laughs> but it's not. But that's why, because actually I'm not a retro fan, because if I'm retro, I'm, I'm playing Commodore 64 or original one. But mm-hmm. it, it was not that simple. So basically I said, yes, people may know it, but it's not something that you might sell millions of units. But shortly afterwards, I think it was in April or May, uh, I was sitting at the same place here, and we've got this call, and then, then Tommy explained me all of it, his, his ideas. And it was like, ah, now I get it. And especially the day afterwards, it was like, oh my God, he's absolutely right. All this, that's the story that he's been telling since then. So, and then then we have been in touch, uh, and uh, all the time and talking about and then and, and of course it was more and more uh, intense and then but actually when, when uh, that's the story I tell everyone and you can read it uh, when I was really I, and I always thought well uh, I need to be part of it probably at Computech however I, I, I'm not thinking that way it was like well things will happen but actually what was really the main thing why I'm sitting here right now with that shirt is was I was in Warsaw and I got an email from Tommy by and on the 18th of January, and because I was asking him what kind of licenses would be uh, interest OIPs would be available for the developers here in Germany, and on that list there was Moon Patrol, 
and and that was it. And it's a, and the, you know I spent all my pocket money with Moon Patrol, and then also I found some developers, and suddenly I was in the middle of of uh, getting some developers, uh, putting them in contact with Tommy, talking about the game, how it look could look like, and suddenly it was like, uh, oh my God, that's so amazing, uh, and then uh, what is going on, and then also. Uh, also, my wife Anna, she told me she hasn't seen me that uh, so so uh, happy, and then and then you know there was motivation for many years, and that's how it happened. And and then, and actually, uh, then it was here it's, in television. It's, there is something special going on. I need to be part of this. Uh, I want to work on that game and to work with Tommy and and Nick and David and all. It's it's just something. Um, well, that's how it worked. It actually it was always I would. I would be part of it, and I would. Well, probably I. Oh, you know, probably last summer, summer 2018, I've sent you already an action chief how we could do some things. Uh, being at Computech, what we could do at Computech, but that was not part of games development. And to work for for television and taking part really uh, of games development. You know, I, I don't like the, the German subsidiaries of many companies. They don't do any development. They don't have to decide anything. They only here for shipping the units that's something well it's not really well it could be worse but actually to to be part of that team now work with tommy and and all that all day and work with on games like that that's just uh well i i've, I've learned all my life to do that's what i'm doing now now the question is hans will you actually go back to programming and developing games again <laughs> you know danger freak for the uh, yeah. Amico system, maybe. Uh, I, I think uh, I, I, I think uh, it's better for me to take care of uh, that. Let 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 young dudes uh, that are ambitious do that stuff, and I think that's and let's let give uh, the input for, from us. Uh, and no, I think that's not our part. I think to know to to know how to manage something, get funding, money, and all that stuff. I think that's more important, and to. To give input on a regular basis because basically we have every week we have a Skype call with all the developers. That's really amazing to to be actually coding. Uh, well, um, no, I, I don't think so. No, no, that's. But well, you never know. Maybe. <laughs> um, so, so Tommy, um, let's talk a bit. Because you mentioned that you can't play with your parents anymore, but mm -hmm. isn't this family playing thing the concept that Nintendo did with the Nintendo Wii in 2006? Exactly. They sure and, and did. Then, and that, yeah. and that and then was they stopped it. Well, that was 14 years ago, right? And you know, it's, it's you know the Nintendo Wii was the you know, uh, third or fourth big, biggest selling console ever of all time, 102 million units it generated over $50 billion in revenue. And that was, uh, you know, that, that's an example of when, you know, the reality was back then, Nintendo was getting its butt kicked by PlayStation and Xbox, right? Um, you know, in, in regards to graphics and games and, you know, licenses and games that people, you know, more wanted to play at that point. And so they had to do something radically different, right? They were really falling behind. And, um, you know, I, I know this because I, w I worked on one of the, you know, launch titles, Metroid Prime. I worked on that game for five years as you know as the machine was getting developed i worked with shigeru miyamoto the greatest producer game designer the world has ever seen 
And, um, and so, you know, their mentality was, you know, Nintendo is a great company. They're a $40 billion company for a reason. They understand their target audience more than anyone else. They really do better than Sony, better than Microsoft. You know, they understand their core demographic. And those are typically millennials who grew up on Pokemon and and Mario and and Zelda. And so when the Wii came out, you'll notice that it came out with Wii Sports, right? And that was really nothing more than a tech demo, you know, as we all know. You know, it was a tech demo, right? It had four separate games on it. No one really played the baseball three innings and and, and the fighting game, but everyone went bowling and a few people played tennis, right? Um. But something interesting about that is that that game, that one motion of just that simple motion of, oh, I can bowl by throwing my arm like that, nursing homes were buying the system. My mom bought a system. You know, all these people who never bought a video game console before started buying this console just to play bowling, just to do that motion because it was simple. It was pretty affordable. I mean, at the time, it was $249 for the Wii, uh, which is about the equivalent of $319 in today's money in the U.S. Um, and, you know, and, and the, but the thing was is that as soon as that came out, Nintendo went right back to their wheelhouse, right? Their wheelhouse of let's provide super high-quality first-party games to our fan base, that's what we make games for. So, Metroid Prime, Pikmin, Mario, Pokemon, Zelda, you know, all those types of games, you know, kind of, uh, you know, appeared. And to, to you know, to feed their, their base, the audience that they know better than anyone. But what Nintendo, they don't really make games for non-gamers or casual gamers that's why it took them so long to get into the mobile market which they're still you know kind of just dipping their toes into still and 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 make no mistake the people of nintendo of america nintendo of europe were screaming at nintendo of japan going please let's make a shuffleboard game let's make a (laughs) game let's make card games because remember this was before mobile right this is before casual and mobile this was 16 uh, uh, 14 years ago right so so they were saying let's do all these simple crazy games and and of course you know nintendo's like look that's not what we do we make pikmin and super smash brothers not not solitaire and and shuffleboard right right right. the reality was is that all of the third-party titles and third-party publishing was kind of crappy because the Ubisoft, the EAs, the Activisions, all the THQs, all their AAA best teams, what were they doing? They were making games for the PlayStation and they were making games for the Xbox and they were making games for the PC. No one thought that we would be big. Now all of a sudden the thing blows up and these companies are like, yeah, let's put our c team on it or you know let's i guess we got to make something for it so let's do this or let's try to convert our super epic game that we've done on the playstation let's try to do a like a a dumb you know a a, a simplified yeah. graphically insuperior 
slower frame rate version for the Wii. I mean, it was awful, right? And so the reality was is that over one-third of the people who purchased a Nintendo Wii never bought a game for it. I'm sure you guys know a bunch of people who that, right? My mom was one of them. Those nursing homes were one of them. They just wanted to do this. That was good enough, and that was enough fun. So what we're doing, now it's been 14 years. They never followed it up. The Wii U was the exact opposite of the Wii. Yeah, and I can tell you, you know, I work in the social services field, and there are still nursing homes where they'll have entire days dedicated to just Wii bowling. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and, it's, and, 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 and to your point as well, as a, kind of as a goof, Ubisoft this year put out Just Dance, and they put it out on PlayStation 4 and Xbox One, and they put it on the Switch and all that. But they said, let's put it out on the Wii. It was like the first Wii game in like, you know, whatever, seven, ten years or whatever the hell it was, right, yeah, six yeah. years, whatever, right? Five years. And here's the funny part. The Just Dance Wii version outsold all the other versions combined. <laughs> so yeah. again, what did yeah. this tell you? This is insanity. It's so obvious. It's so easy. Then once mobile came in, about 10 years ago, once that blew up, all the casual and non-gamer games, hyper-casual, all of those moved over to mobile, and all of the edutainment titles also moved over to mobile. So all these companies like THQ that used to do all the Nickelodeon licenses, they're gone. EA Kids, remember them? Gone. Uh, Take-Two had a kids division. Ubisoft had a kids. All these like kid divisions whoop, all went away. And so everything that is casual and edutainment is only available on mobile. Right. Is only available on mobile. But what's the problem with mobile? Mobile is solitary. Right? It's this. And mm -hmm. so... And it's always trying to grab money from you. And this kind of sucks as a controller. Like if you try to play Pac-Man with oh, this. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> there's no curation. There's zero curation on this, right? And so, so if you think about it, every single hyper-casual, casual, edutainment for kids, non-gamer game, every single one of them now is solitary. There's not a single game that a casual player, a true casual player, can play with people. This is insane. Now, somebody, you know, folks will say, well, there's co couch co-op stuff on the Switch. I got news for you. My mom bought a Wii. My mom did not buy a Switch. Those nursing homes that you talk about, social services job, right? They didn't buy Switches, nope. right? The Switch is a whole completely more of a hardcore gamer type of deal. They were taking all of the money they were now losing because the 3DS was out and mobile was starting to take over. So they had to figure out a machine. And this is a great machine. The Switch is a great machine, right? But it's not anything like what we're doing or the audience that we're going toward. And to wrap this up, there are 200 million hardcore gamers in the world. Those are all the people that play Xbox, PlayStation, Nintendo, and PC gaming. There's 200 million people who are hardcore gamers. Yet, 
there's three billion people in the world that play this. Yeah. Mobile games take up 55% of our entire gross revenue in the industry. That's double what home consoles do and almost triple what PC gaming does. So when we think of our industry, we always think we always focus on home consoles or PC gaming, but combine those together and you still don't equal what this does and the amount of people that are playing. And that's the sell of Intellivision Amico is that we're appealing to those 3 billion people, but we can now bring them together in the same room. We can bring, that's our, our tagline. Our whole motto is Intellivision together again, right? And that's the big differentiating factor. We focus on couch co-op. Yes, every game has a multiplayer, but our four pillars of our company are simple, affordable, family, and entertainment. Those four letter words spell out safe. Because Here's a question for you. None of the games on our system are, have violence, bad language, sexual contact, nothing. Not even mildly. It's not allowed on our system. So it's a completely brand new approach to the video game industry in so many different ways. Hopefully a breath of fresh air for many people. And uh, we're staying in our lane and that's what we're doing. Here's a question for you. Because you mentioned it like three times. Um, I, I'm sure Hans can agree. When when I was little and I played games in the 80s and 90s, I learned it's called split uh, split screen, and yeah. now it's called couch co-op. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, the split screen, you know, split screen though. See, I'm I'm trying to stay away from all split screen stuff on our machine. So so split screen, yes, uh, split screen can be a part of couch co-op. Take a game, for example, like GoldenEye on the N64, right? Or Mario Kart. That's split-screen couch co-op. Right. But the games on Amico are actually not split-screen couch co-op. They're single-screen couch co-op. Different. Okay, what's have, the difference? We, we might have uh, one game, a split-screen, but basically, uh, um, and, and to be honest, the most fun I had with games like summer games or winter games or something like that or, or bomberman on the super nintendo that's really that you have one huge screen yeah bomberman is a perfect example yeah that yeah. bomberman is not a split screen but it is <laughs> absolutely yeah. yeah so a split screen was great for pit stop 2 for example mm -hmm. uh, but but actually and that's really the most important thing is because i had the same question hamburg uh, when somebody asked me uh, why uh, well there is nintendo uh, but actually uh, name uh, us a game where you could uh, uh, ask your grandma and your uh, and your little girl uh, to to play together. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're not playing Smash Brothers. Your grandmother, <laughs> which is a couch co-op, you know, a uh, single screen couch co-op, uh, and they're and and it's even difficult to play Mario Kart. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know. And by the way, what about the cost? You know, it's it, it's funny when. Um, Whenever you see Nintendo ads with a whole bunch of people in a room together, everybody has a Switch. You count it up right, and go, right. one, two, three, four, five, times $300. Wow, that's $1,500. Bucks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, like, you know, we're, we're doing all of this up to eight players all at the same time. 
for a very, very affordable price of around 200 U.S. dollars. That's actually, that, that's really good, actually, 200 U.S. dollars. Yeah, get two controllers. That's mm. the first, you know, it's the first video game system in over 25 years that's come with two individual controllers. <laughs> Think about that. Think about it. <laughs> that's true. That's it's true. When the, um... you have a Switch, you can divide them up. Yeah, but they're two different controllers. You can't. You ever try to play Mario Kart, by the way, on those little? Oh Lord! I mean, yeah. it's 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 not. Uh, you know, you're really control for that. Um. So so we are talking a lot about a game that is yet to be released. So um, recently you published some mobile apps to uh-huh. keep the audience entertained. Which yeah. we are needed the logo. Yeah, actually, it won't work on that logo. That's our old logo. That's that's an old. <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, we released an app. Um, it's called Amico Club, and this was just to have kind of fun. It was a little, you know, kind of marketing thing. But we're going to be adding to it every month. So come uh, probably by February first, we're going to probably try to get an entire level of Moon Patrol. Uh, you know, in the, you know, in, in the game. Um, and we'll have a lot of bunch of different game examples. And it was just kind of a fun thing where when you download the app and if you point your, it was like a AR augmented reality in that when you point your phone at an Intellivision Amico logo, the, the logo comes to life. So if you're wearing a t-shirt or if it's on a mug or if it's on your wall, your whole wall comes to life or your t-shirt comes to life and it plays the logo. And then it goes into a short, quick demo of moon patrol. It's just something that we want to do, uh, you know, for, uh, for fun and, um, and that we're going to be building more and more and have a bunch more demos, uh, on that. So, um, do you have any, any feedback from, I don't know, I don't know, developers from, from, and use as a triple a publishers or are you not i guess you are not talking you are not uh, targeting really need, them right frank we don't really need triple uh, a publishers you know what are we going to do put madden football or call of duty on our <laughs> system like who cares like that's not really what we're about you know but i but i'd love hans to talk about the developer relationship and, uh, and, you know, because he's there on the ground working with a lot of our great, great German developers, I'd love to him to talk about what it's been like for them, the kind of feedback that they get from me and from, from the team. So why don't you maybe uh, dive yeah. into that a little bit, Hans? I think, uh, first of all, I, I've been approached by, by two or three big publishers also. But the first thing I've always wanted to know is how many units are you going to sell? And it's like, uh, well, oh, actually, we don't talk about the numbers right now. And, uh, <laughs> and, 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 actually, and actually, they had already some games in mind. And I always said, listen, I send you the Ten Commandments of, uh, for Amico developers because none of your games does fit in here. Because that's really important that, well, all that we, 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 what kind of games we want to have. And also, but the, the funny thing is what happened here in Europe over the over the past, uh, well, well, uh, since uh, last, uh, since E3, basically, uh, that we've been approached by many developers, and then the funny thing is, all of them, they really, uh, uh, we had always a call with Tommy, 
because we wanted to make sure that they really understand what we are thinking about and we want to make sure that they fit into our uh, company because we are a big family and it, it does, and if that somebody doesn't understand what we are doing then it's really hard to get this out of their heads because every time we see a new build we have to tell them do this and that but actually what happened is that um, for example uh, just today somebody was doing a submission in Bavaria and these developers were coming approaching us in in August because they were asking if they if they if we have something else to to uh, work for them and I told them listen we've got all our products now in development already but I think you are really creative think about something completely new and that's what what they had though so they came up with three ideas and then Tommy had, uh, and then his team has taken a look at it and then and then they had really a really great idea and that is what is going to happen now you know uh, the, the the old image brands we have like Moon Patrol and Shark Shark and that's really great but the most important part will be that we're gonna have products that you never uh, have expected because you don't know them and because once somebody uh, and, and uh, last week I've been approached by a really huge uh, brand on the board game market, one of the really most traditional brands in the world, and they understand what they are able to do with our micro and uh, individual controllers and screens. And that's, I think, that's the best part of our, of Amico is is to come in 2021 when you see games that you don't know because when people really use the concept, and that's really great to see that uh, these developers they are suddenly feel something like, oh my God, that's something completely new, and they they are born of doing a strategy game here in Germany all uh, again and again and in a simulation, but suddenly they are. Have to think a new way, and then and if you, if we send them our our um, no, you know we have so kind of a package with a lot of information about what the machine is able to do and the controllers and uh, and all the really great guys that we've met all over Europe, they some can come up with ideas. It's like oh my god, and then that's and then it will be you know you know all the the stuff in the trailer, which is really amazing. So we shark, shark, and all that stuff, and skiing, and all that stuff. But <laughs> the best thing is really that we are—you are going to see games that you didn't uh, expect to to come because it's really new, something new, and you didn't see that even on the Wii. And that's, talk about that's a bit hey Hans, talk 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 a little bit about because I've heard you tell the story before about how the how much the developers appreciate oh yeah kind of feedback and 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 the work. That goes oh, back and, and forth between us. And everyone is surprised here in Europe, even of the, the public authorities and the government, because they think, oh, they are, they are working now for a television here in, in, in Nuremberg, and they don't know anything about America. But the funny thing is what happens here, and all of them are really surprised, because first thing is, well, well basically, I, I, I get, get in touch with some developers, and uh, uh, then I say, well, which of them is really seems to be good enough? And then we have the call with Tommy. And that's what is the second step always. Find out, do they understand what we are doing? And once they are working on their games, you know, uh, they, the, the most important input comes from Tommy and Mike Deeds and all the guys over there. And, and it doesn't mean that they, uh, I'm, I'm just, uh, we have a call, we, they get emails, they, they are in, in touch just like you and me every day on a daily basis. So it's not, uh, uh, and they can't imagine that they're really talking to the CEO 
of the the the, the, the headquarter in, in in California. It's like, oh my God! And they said, well, what's the problem? He's awake at four o'clock in the morning, so let's do it at one o'clock here. It's fine. And they just can't believe it. They really can't believe it. And that's really amazing to see uh, because they, they were, so we left some developers on the way, uh, but the one that, that uh, remained here. They are really appreciating all the input that comes from America. You know, there are developers that they, they think they know everything and they don't want to get any input. And there are good developers. They are really happy to work with guys like, like Tommy and Mike. And always I use the example of Mike Dietz because it's really amazing to see what he's uh, um, delivering. And he's, uh, he's, uh, his, uh, with his eyes, he just takes a look at something, uh, makes a little sketch, sends it over and it's always like, oh my God, it's that easy. But that's uh, happening all the time. And that's something uh, uh, that people uh, underestimate. They, they really yeah. don't, they, they don't know. You know, to have the idea for Amico, with the target group, the pricing, that's, everything is fine. But the toughest part about all that, and the, where the, the most work has been spent, that's really the actual game development. Because that is very something Tommy to, to satisfy Tommy is probably uh, not easy and because he won't uh, make a compromise and that's the best part of it. So basically if you think, oh yeah, everything is fine, just take a look at the games that will come out because every single pixel and then, you know, Tommy, I, I don't know how he, do, he does it, but you get emails with 40 different topics and every detail and that's really <laughs> amazing to see. And then and in the end, so we are all a big family, and uh, you know, currently we are uh, uh, finishing the five pack in games, and it's really hard work because they need to be finished by February, March, and uh, and it's really hard work. But it's so amazing to see what's going on there, and then that's really um, well, that's uh, uh, really actually the best part, of, and that's why I'm really happy to be here because uh, um, to, to uh, talk with the developers, to think about the product talk with you guys and then see that something we have and also when when uh, you know i think when, when tommy uh, sent me the the, uh, the message uh, by the beginning of 2018 he was probably there were only very few people and if you take a look around in, in all over the world how many people believe in amico now or if it's michael pactor or uh, uh, all the great brilliant journalists out there or everywhere it's it's amazing to see that uh, there is, it's spreading the word. It's like, oh my God, there is something special going on. And there are guys like you that immediately understood what Amico is all about. And then that's really great to see that there is something amazing happening. And uh, and it's really, well, that's really the, the and then also many people always ask me, you know, you have to be afraid of Nintendo or, or, or Sony or whatever. Actually, I say, well, actually, you know, if if Nintendo would come with Shark Shark right now, it's, or or imagine PlayStation or or next Xbox coming with Shark Shark, the core, core gamers would say, "Are you crazy?" But actually, uh, we are. Uh, in, we have our own segment, and that's really the most important part. But that's also our big uh, job, I would say, to to spread the word uh, with the marketing and uh, get the talk to the target group uh, that nobody is talking to at the moment. Yeah. Well, I can relate to that. I have to admit, um, there, outside of the video game industry, there are a lot of um, stereotypes and a lot of uh, things people wonder about. Um, I know when when um, when we made plans for Gamescom, and I 
I heard that our traffic guy from Peru would come and make um, a trip around Europe. And I said, hey, you can spend a week at Gamescom with us, you know. So I thought I would bring Victor uh, to the interview. And you were totally open about it. Like said, yeah, send me an email. I will send you an NDA. Let's see what you can develop for us, you know. And uh, for people for people outside of the industry it's like oh isn't that a problem because somebody is from peru and how would the communication work and so on and i figured this video game industry is a little bubble and um, it's working a lot different than what people from outside of the industry would expect expect it to to work like yeah but that's actually that's how tommy works uh, all the time and you know uh, uh well that's tommy he's open to everyone and i think we learn from him we we take that's how we work and the, the, tommy is the one who's open uh, to everything and uh, you couldn't imagine you know uh, mm -hmm. when i was ceo at computer i had to do handle all the big guys from the big publishers all the time and it was really uh, difficult to get an appointment and they were late and all that stuff but uh, uh, that we all hate basically and you know how long did it take to 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 uh, fix the the schedule the appointment for today it was a, a matter of hours i would say <laughs> but that, that's, i think that's a big advantage of uh, of intellivision for a small company and then yeah. tommy is used to decide and he's always he, he can get him always to everything and he's well maybe a fast we are fast and then and, and then we are not afraid to decide something I'm also going back to the retro topic. I figured doing um, the appointments for Gamescom that the game industry at, as a total got more flexible when it comes to retro releases. I remember when we invited Konami for the interview five years ago, they, they told us we will not talk about um, retro ever. And this year at Gamescom, we were invited at a Contra presentation. Ah. You know, so like, oh God, they totally turned like 180 degrees their minds and saying, okay, we are entering the retro IP market now and huh. re-releasing follow-ups of our old NES games or something. All of a sudden, we're not so crazy, are we? Yeah. yeah. So it's it's really interesting how this all turned. You know, um, yeah. called Probotector in Germany. Exactly. Yes. They're not Probotector because not, because I don't know. Yeah, but uh, but actually, but actually, you know, something is very important that uh, uh, Tommy had the idea over two years ago, and then and it, well, and it took such a long time to get here. So basically, uh, I think that's the most ima the amazing thing about Amico is that uh, Tommy had the idea, and he uh, had uh, uh, to say, "Oh, there is something we have to can deliver," and then actually, uh, and uh, well, that's I think. That's the most important point, and then and he's and also I would say, Tommy, uh, you with all the guys that let me ask you a question, Tom. Okay. When you here right now, <laughs> uh, when you have uh, remember, I think it was in April or May, two thousand and eighteen. Uh, I think did you exact did you exactly know what was going to happen, or you just uh, well, uh, did you have an exact plan at that time already? Um, in regards to what the the hardware or the yeah, journey, the, the, where we are having 
like that we are in Dubai, in Europe, and that what kind of games you are? Uh, no, not no. I didn't know the specifics. Um, I just I, but I knew what the goal was. I knew what the yeah. dream was, yeah. and sometimes you know it's like climbing a mountain, and along the way you're not sure which holds you're going to use you're not sure if a landslide is going to get you and 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 you're going to have to move around and go around another way you you have no idea how you're going to get to the top you just know you're going to get to the top no matter what and you're going to figure out a way to do it so i i think um this whole project whether it's you know every little piece of the puzzle every programmer every artist every developer every person like yourself or samit and in uh, the Middle East, in Dubai, every little element just fits together like the timing is perfect and the and the person is perfect for the position and like just every little thing is just, that's how you know it's magic and it's something special. Everything just seems to, the universe just brings it to you or God or whatever you believe in, just, you know, brings yeah, it. Yeah for a reason it's all happening for a reason and and me and you hans we've talked about this before which is it just feels like every single part of our entire career and life to this point has been for this moment for this moment everything we've learned all the people we've met all the things we've done and again when you walk in the intellivision office it's like walking on cloud nine is like everybody in the office feels this magic feels this thing that oh my god we're going to help change the world we really really believe that we're going to use technology to bring people back together because technology has been splitting people apart and splitting families apart we're going to use technology to bring families and people and friends back together and we really do believe that at our core and that's what we're most excited about i have a good example for that for you york also what has happened especially here in in europe you know uh i always knew that i want to be part of of amico and want to be give input or how whatever but then suddenly there was moon patrol and that was looking for the developer so i was asking somebody in munich and then they came up with uh, Christian Cerner from Wasted Studio, which I, I didn't actually know Christian before, but he was amazing. And yeah. also, uh, right uh, a little detail, uh, suddenly I was approached by the city of Nuremberg uh, uh, because they told me, ah, oh, well, you know, we have a special uh, funding program here for foreign companies that open a subsidiary. You can get the office for half a year for free. It was like, oh, my God. I, I didn't know that, but actually that's how I ended up being in Nuremberg, next to the Opera House, brilliant office, uh, for free. And that, that was not part of our plan, but it just happened. Afterward, yeah. I was doing the submission uh, in, at FFF uh, in Munich for the uh, uh, funding. Uh, actually, we didn't know if it's going to work, and that was not the original plan. I was sure that we could get some money, but actually we got $500,000 from them. And it was like, oh, my God, they really, they believe what we are doing. Uh, they really believe that they, that's something they didn't do before. And it was the highest funding they ever gave. Then, then you know, probably we also got money from Berlin now for two games. We are the only company getting funding for two games uh, from, from Berlin, another 200,000 uh, uh, bucks. And then, and then suddenly, and then that's something like, what is going on here? 
it's uh, uh, one after another. And that's something uh, I, when I started, magic. it's magic, yeah, actually. And also, um, but that's, uh, I think that's a sign that something special is going on. But in the end, and that's, um, and now you could say, well, you know, we are convincing. I know they did know the people and they can, uh, can convince them to get some funding and uh, whatever. But in the end, the most important thing is, Every time I let somebody play uh, the, the bills on my uh, 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 what we have, or at the three, it's just amazing and entertaining to play Amico games. And that's really the most important part of everything. Everyone is like, uh, okay, I, I, I want to play that. I want to have fun. And that's really the most important thing. Probably, of course, I know how to, to uh, get some funding from here or there. But actually, the actual product we are creating the games we are working on. That's really the amazing things. And then also the new products coming out in 2021 with brand new ideas. And that's really the magic thing that is happening. So, uh, um, and that's something I'm pretty sure, Tommy, you know it better than me. That's something that can't, just can't happen within Nintendo or Microsoft or Sony because these kind of corporations are not, well, they are made, not made for more, uh, working that way than yeah. we do. Very you know, big. How long is it took to, to get uh, Tommy's okay? That's like, okay, you know, we can uh, get an office here in Nuremberg. What do you think? Okay, go ahead. You know, I was thinking about the difference. I said, here is the office. It's 20 minutes to the airport. It's uh, 500 meters to the central station. Uh, that's the office and it's fine and that's how it looks. And I think, okay, let's do it. And I, and, and I, I can guarantee or I know even within Computech, to decide about the new office somewhere. It took us half a year to get to this. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what, yeah. what happened, it was like, oh my God, I don't want to waste my, my life with uh, thinking about this. It's like we have to concentrate on. And then sometimes that's really the point here, that we are not wasting time. And then also when we, we started in January working on many of the prototypes that we presented at E3, Within that time, starting in middle of January until June, what would you get uh, produced within PlayStation or or, 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 or Xbox uh, uh, corporate? I think might be uh, it's just impossible, and that's I think the, the most important thing here that that uh, well uh, we can we can make decisions um, and 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 also we have so many great people working for for television. You know, there first of all we have Tommy. Then we have uh, a Chase Nino. He, he, by the he, way, just, he, the he just approved bring... something else. Uh-oh. <laughs> you know, Chase was the one who brings Just Dance uh, to the world, to the European, to Europe or America. And then, and then you have Mike Deed, so you have, you have Phil Adam, and there are so many people. So you could probably, next time you could invite 20 people, and you have 20 amazing people here. And imagine that if the input from, from all of these guys uh, within, the, and also we have a weekly calls, company call and developer call. Nobody needs to prove, any, to prove anything that he's good at something. Everyone has the same target and everyone can speak out and no, nobody wants to be better than the other one. Everyone, right, no egos. Yeah. Right. And that's, that's, we are not wasting time. And that's really the big uh, uh, advantage we have. That uh, I have about uh, ten more minutes, guys, and then I have to jump. Okay, okay. Well, let's talk okay. real quick about the hardware because yes. because the original Intellivision came out in 1979, and yep. so this is kind of the successor to that original console. And a lot of the things that there you go, 
uh, a lot of the things that that original console had have been carried over a bit, like the controllers. The the original Intellivision had kind of a non-standard controller for the time with the disc that you moved around and stuff. And this is carrying. I've actually got the pictures up on the laptop here. Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll throw them on the screen over this when we publish it. Mm-hmm. Um, this has similar controllers where it's got the the directional disc, and instead of a number pad, it's got an actual LED or a, a display. I'm listening. Uh, and so, like, I'm just, you know, curious. Yes, oh, there you go. There it is. Exactly. Exactly. So, so I, you know, this was obviously a conscious decision to, to maintain continuity between the consoles. Um, and so how, like, like, do you find yourselves kind of, because the technology has advanced quite a bit since... 1979. Yeah, yeah. And, but but we are still going with some of the same games, and it's something that Jurgen and I have said a lot. Where it doesn't, a good game is a good game. It doesn't need yeah. to have the best graphics. It doesn't need to have all That's the right. shiny things and stuff. So, do you find yourselves kind of like like how does that that process go in in developing this brand new system that still holds that same kind of the feel as that as the older stuff? Yeah, I mean, you know, I didn't have to do it that way. I could have easily have just created, you know, the same old standard rip-off joystick like Google Stadia did, right? Oh, let's just make it look like an Xbox or PlayStation controller. Um, let's have dual analog sticks. Let's have Let's have strafing buttons on the top and this mm-hmm. and that. But that goes against everything that we have just been talking about right i don't care how simple the game is my dad will never pick up a playstation 4 controller ever it's too intimidating there's too many buttons and what did we learn about the playstation 5 controller there's even more buttons in the back now <laughs> Yay, just what we need you know and so and again for hardcore games that's fantastic but what and 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 it's a great question because so many people are very concerned about the controller saying like and because they just can't picture themselves using this controller in the games they play now right you look at this and go how the hell am i going to play call of duty on that you know what the answer is you're not exactly right and so so when you're talking about you know look the 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 biggest controller in the world for video games right now is your phone mm-hmm. whether you like it or not it's the phone right and so what we did is we said well we like the idea of the touch and the screen but we also like the input of tactile controls and tactile feedback. So, and again, I looked at the original controller and go, my gosh, look at that big space where that could be the screen. Let's, let's move the buttons so that people can hold it like a, you know, mm-hmm. like a, they can hold it this way and, and their shoulder buttons or this way and then this and that. So we kept the buttons simple, but this disc, people don't realize until you really play the games, how important and amazing this disc is. When you think about it, if you break it down, the original, by the way, the Intellivision was the very first company ever to have um, 
to have a directional pad, mm-hmm. you know, because right. everything else was joysticks or, 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 you know, pong things. Right. Right. But, but most D pads have eight positions up, down, left, right. And then the diagonals and that's it. Mm-hmm. We have 64 different positions on ours and the harder you press down the, the you know so it has pressure points as well oh, okay so, so it almost it's like an analog and a d-pad combined right because when you think about like take a game um like missile command or centipede where you have the roller balls mm-hmm. try to do that on an analog stick it's absolute garbage. Can't do it. But you could easily do it on a touch screen. Wherever your finger goes is where the thing goes. And now this right. becomes a, a fire button. Or these become fire buttons, right? And so, but, but, but having this disc is something, when you put this into a non-gamer's hands or a little kid's hands, they understand the touch screen and the information's right there on it, okay? And then this is as simple as it gets. It's not a dual analog stick. Now all of a sudden you just lost half the, the, the universe, right? You don't, you know, and so, oh, I want to go down in skiing? I press down. I want to go a little bit to the left? I circle it to the left. I circle it to the right. And now all of a sudden... This is something that's super easy that anyone can understand. Similar to a mouse. Right. You put a mouse in front of somebody and they put their hand on it and they start to move it and they see the thing moving. Oh, I get it. It's instant, right? Mm-hmm. Dual analog sticks are not instant. Have you ever have you ever put a dual analog stick and, and go into like a first person shooter game for a non gamer and they're like looking up in the air or looking down at the ground or is it is it flight controls do i do the opposite yeah. or or you know how why am i swinging around but i want to go this way and you need to use the show it's a nightmare for yes. for gamers this is not and when we do all of our focus testing we put a playstation 4 controller down we put an xbox controller down we put a switch uh controllers down and we put this down, and we say, which one would, would do you think you would like to play on? And in every case, every single case, those non-gamers immediately pick up the Amico controller every time. So, yes, to a hardcore gamer, I totally get it. They look at this and go, what a stupid idea. You guys are idiots. I totally get it because you haven't played a game on it yet and what people need to understand is and they'll only understand this by playing the games so i understand why they're apprehensive i get it i'm not saying they're wrong they're absolutely right because you don't understand it until you realize that we have designed all of the simple great games around this around this we're not trying to put games they're on dual analog sticks and trying to fit them on this. We're creating very unique experiences that take this to the max, right? And so that's that's a, it's a great question because it's something that people really don't um, 
you know, until you play it, you really, it's hard to, to comprehend. Um, but yeah, it's a great question. I probably have time for one more question, but AJ, give, give me a, cause I know you had a lot of questions <laughs> about the machine and then maybe Hans can continue, but uh, give me another yeah, question. Yeah. Okay? Let's, uh, let's go through the, the, the safe, the, you know, the, the, the SAFE, the, the concept behind the games. Cause you, you briefly mentioned it earlier, but you know, it was kind of like like not so much of a, a detailed explanation. Like, what are the requirements? Because this is not, again, like you said, you're not going to be playing Call of Duty on this. This is going to be a very specific kind of game that mm-hmm. people will be playing. Well, there'll and, be a lot of different kinds of games, yeah. Right. And 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 we've actually published. If you go on, on our um, on our Facebook page or, or Twitter page, you'll see where we've published our Ten Commandments of Game Design, mm-hmm. which kind of, you know, is the do's and don'ts of, of what you can expect. You know, like there's no 3D open worlds. Because right. when you have an open world, now you need dual analog sticks again, right? Um, but, let, but let's but let take a, a game like Moon Patrol, because we've been talking about a lot about that one. So how about this? So Moon Patrol is pretty much a single-player game, right? Mm-hmm. So we're crafting this amazing single-player experience that'll last for hours and hours and hours to even the most hardcore of gamers, right? And they're going to enjoy this. But the game is built in 3D, so everything is in 3D, but it's what we call 2.5D or 2.5D, meaning the car is traveling. Uh, it's like a forced scroll, and it's traveling on the same plane, right? You don't go in and out this way. You're only traveling left and right. So it's on rails in a way, although you can slow down and speed up and you can jump and you can shoot and all these things. Right. But that's an example of 2.5D where it's really, it's on a 2D plane, but the world and the vehicle and the effects are all created in 3D, which makes this awesome, right? So so you say, okay, you got the single-player game. But, Tommy, that's a single-player game. You always talk about coach co-op and multiplayer. What the hell? And so, so imagine this now. Imagine in a cooperative mode where maybe you have three or four people and you're all playing a certain section of this car. So your object is to is to get through it together as a team. One person is the jump button. Another person is the firing button. Another person is slowing down or speeding up the buggy. And so now you're working together. Because if you notice in Moon Patrol, when that big rock is coming to you, you have a choice. You can shoot it or you can jump over it, right? Mm-hmm. Imagine the kind of communication between three friends playing this game. Shoot it, shoot it. No, no, I want to jump over it. No, there's a hole after it, you dummy. We got to shoot it and then jump. Wait for me to shoot it. You know, so so this is the kind of fun experience that you can see friends playing and, and create and, 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 and finishing levels together as a team. But wait, it gets better. What about a versus mode, right? So let's take, again, that same situation. But keep in mind that all these controllers light up. The buttons, the disc, the screen, everything's lit up. So let's say that the four of us were playing Moon Patrol against each other. Well, how would we do that? Well, each one of our controllers is a, is a different color. So mine's red. AJ, you're blue. Hans is green. And... Um, and you're orange or whatever, yellow or something, right? And so and so what happens is I'm the first one to go. So I'm red. 
So the machine lights up red, the Amico machine itself. My controller lights up red. And I see your color, AJ. I see that your controller is green and Hans is blue and, 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 and yeah. yours is, is yellow. I see what colors you are. And now my goal as the red machine, and now you see the red vehicle, it starts to go. And I'm trying to get as far as I can. But here's the twist. All of the ships that are trying to stop me are you guys. <laughs> and you're all color-coded. So I see Hans's blue ship, and I know it's Hans because I can look and see, oh, you're the blue guy, son of a gun. And I can see you, AJ, because I know your color's green because your thing's lit up green, and there you are. And you guys are trying to stop me. How far can I get before you guys stop me? Boom, now I die. And I say, son of a gun, that AJ got me. That green ship got me. Now... It records how far I went, and now it's AJ's turn. Now the ship's green. The console itself turns green. I see a green ship, and now you're going to see a red alien up in the sky because that's me, and boy, am I going to have it out for you. Because <laughs> Everybody, let's pile on. Let's get AJ. Let's see how far you can go. And then it goes again to Hans and goes again to George. And who got the farthest? Right, this kind of round robin versus mode where we're not just sitting around waiting for the other player to play. Oh, okay, you go. Okay, now it's my turn. Now everybody else watch me. This is the amazing thing about Amico. These are the types of games and experiences that you cannot have on mobile, that you cannot have on Switch, that you cannot have on PlayStation, that you cannot have on Xbox, and that you cannot have on PC. This is our point, is that we're creating these games, and because of our controller and because of the way we've set this whole ecosystem up, we're having developers have to think outside the box like they've never thought before, and this is creating a completely new way for people to enjoy games together, and I'm so excited about it. Wow, and awesome. One another example, with the television skiing, you could uh, uh, give it a try one after another, but yeah. you could also try the, the cross-key mode with four players at the same time. Yeah, so that's the same ski cross mode in the Olympics where there's four skiers on your mark, get set, go! They drop the gates, and oh, look it up if you've never seen it. It's amazing on YouTube. Just put in ski cross Olympics or championships, and you see these guys flying over mountains and trying to get in front of each other. It's amazing. And so, yeah, we have that is on the system. And if you, mm -hmm. and if you get far back and the camera pans out and you get too far back, Boom, you're out, you know. So, so yeah, so many different ways to or think of a game like Frogger. Let's say we wanted to play a four-person game of Frogger. And again, everybody's controllers are lit up and we're all different color frogs. And we're all trying to get to the end. But here's the thing. There's four of us playing, but maybe there's only three spots up top. <laughs> Who's going to get left out? It's like musical chairs. Who's going to get eliminated? Then we do another round, and the next person gets eliminated uh, again. So th these are all the kind of the fun things uh, mm. where think about it when you're focused on coach co-op, when you're focused on family play, and, and when you have an amazing, unique controller like this that nobody else has or thinks about, now 
the whole universe for game design opens up into delivering new experiences that no one has ever experienced before. And that's really exciting. And we can show you probably in two or three months' time, we could uh, uh, have another call, and then we can sure. show you some of the things that Tommy has been talking about. Yeah, that would be awesome. Sure. Cool, guys. All yeah. right. Well, thanks so much uh, for, yeah. for having me on. Well, right, thanks guys. for taking the time, Tommy. Awesome. I really appreciate it. As soon as it's out, let us know. We'll blast it all over the universe. Sure. Okay. Beautiful. Certainly. Cool. Sure. All right. Okay. Thanks, guys. Thank you. See you tomorrow, Bye. Tommy. All right. See you tomorrow. Wow. Okay. <laughs> They're right. Yeah, you are very enthusiastic, guys. Yeah. Yeah, that's that, that's how it works here. It's really <laughs> it's amazing. It's really. Uh, um, I, I, if somebody would have told me one year ago what it's going to happen, I, I wouldn't have uh, believed that, because it's uh, there are so many things happening, and uh, but it's really great, and then more and more people find out that we are doing something special. And uh, we we still have a long way to go, uh, but it's uh, something amazing. You know, we have to work with uh, people like like Tommy and David Perry and Chase Ninos and Phil Evan and Mike Deeds. It's really unbelievable uh, because it's uh, um, yeah, you couldn't you actually you couldn't plan it. You know, mm. but but Tommy is somebody he he always in, in, uh, if you take a look at his life, he always has crazy ideas with video games life and. Doing uh, an album with video games music, and and then doing a TV show about the games, like Electric Playground and all that stuff. But he he had, if once Tommy has an vision of what he wants to achieve or target, and he's moving, and then he's moving, and and then and then a lot of people, uh, well, actually uh, follow him, and then it's and something's matching is going on, and it's. Um, yeah, but it's great. It's really an amazing story. So, uh, but still, uh, we have to work very hard every day uh, to get this done. And then, uh, and if somebody told us, oh, well, you know, 10, 10, 20, 20 is going to be uh, the release date of, of our console, it was always like far away, very far away. But now we have uh, already January, and then and it's like, okay, then it's not so far away anymore. And I was, uh, yeah, just yesterday, somebody has, has a counter, and it was something like 270 days, and it was like, oh, my God, only 270 days. It's like, <laughs> okay, but it's uh, great. I, I have one question, because you mentioned it, it's not so far away, but on the other hand, it is still far away. And I wonder, because some weeks ago, you actually announced on LinkedIn that you're hiring, and yeah. you are searching for new people, for new talents. Yeah, absolutely. How how can that fit if if the console is not out yet and you are already hiring people? Oh well, well that's very very easy. Uh, we have to work on the games, and uh, we have uh, around twenty games being developed here in Europe right now. And uh, once they are finished, we have a constant exchange with the colleagues in Irvine, and and uh, also Tommy would like to do everything on his own, like, like I would do. Actually, there are many things uh, we have to, to, to take care about now, about distribution and marketing and public relations. So there are new uh, uh, things that we have to do. And uh, so uh, if you ask Tommy and me to talk with the developers every day, just work on the games, play the games, make them better, 
that would be a dream job, but actually we, are, we have some other things to do and to set up. And, and so we need, we need some people. Uh, for example, what I've just started was the localization process for, for all over the world, for all in television titles. So we're going to have it in probably in eight languages. And uh, that has to be done by somebody. And somebody has to, to work with the agency, send it to the developers, test it, and all that stuff. And that there are many things you can imagine with around 40 games. There is a lot of there are a lot of things to do. So, so you need some people that actually are doing that. And also in Irvine, we have already more than 20 people working there, um, working on, on the firmware, on the control, and all that stuff. Uh, uh, and it's the same here. I need these people really to, to play test the game every day. Uh, you know, it's like that. They We get the build from the developers here in Bavaria, for example, or Germany. Uh, then we're testing it. We're sending the build to the colleagues in, in, in California. They are testing it. We get feedback from them. Uh, then, then we have to make sure that they really uh, 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 do everything on the list. Then we have these conferences. And while we're talking about that, we have to set up the, the distribution and the marketing uh, and PR uh, um, uh, uh, channels, and that's really so. There are more more jobs uh, that uh, have to be done, and that's uh, the point. So, and then actually, uh, well, there are. I'm not trying, or basically, who are in television, I'm not trying to set up huge companies with thousands of people, because uh, actually, it's not necessary in our times anymore. Because as you can see, we can talk uh, with anyone uh, at any time and that's uh, uh, you don't need I don't need uh, no actually right now uh, around 150 people are working on the games that are being developed in Germany I don't need an office with, with 200 people uh, they can do it in their own office uh, uh, we can uh, have a Skype call every day talk about the things so it's not necessary anymore and also I, I don't need 20 people to do all the, the other stuff I need some uh, external agencies doing the marketing or distribution and that stuff. And of course, we need some people within the company that is being responsible for that. But it's, uh, um, uh, yeah, but there are still, uh, we, were, we are a small company. And that's also the big advantage, I would say, that because we are very easy uh, on discussing and deciding. Uh, and then, as I explained, to, to, to we are concentrating on the really important things and then uh, to for example today just uh, this afternoon we had a, a long call regarding pong which will really be amazing whether there are a lot of features that you wouldn't expect from that pong game of course it's also multiplayer um but it's uh, uh, not only two but also four player and then uh, so we are going through a list with 30 points of what has to be done and has to be changed and that's something that really tommy personally uh, is going through it and well we have to do it that way that way and then sometimes we have to discuss well, what is the best way what do you think and um, but uh, Tommy is the CEO worldwide and president worldwide and then you can imagine how many people want to know something from him uh, also the investors and all that stuff so that's uh, so we need more people uh, but we are close uh, uh, Growing slowly, and then what we have, we have already three hundred people working for us, working on all that games, and uh, that's the most important part, I would also say. So um, yeah, that's how things are developing. And then when we would have done this interview by the beginning of January, it would have been like okay, though we have 
four, 15 people working for a television and uh, that was it. And now we are uh, having uh, about 30 people uh, working for a television on that every day uh, as an employee. And then we have 300 developers working on the games. And you can be sure that uh, uh, there will be a lot more uh, working on distribution, marketing, consultants. You, you probably have seen the press releases we did. So, uh, well, that's uh, the, the, the launch is coming. So, uh, and more and more people will be uh, uh, working for Intellivision. So, where can people write to you if they say after this interview, like, yeah, I would like to work with those guys? Oh, always send a mail, which uh, uh, very easy. Uh, uh, Tommy at IntellivisionEntertainment.com or for me, it's Hans at IntellivisionEntertainment.com. IntellivisionEntertainment.com, one word, uh, and then uh, you can be sure that we will. So if you're interested in working here in Europe or Germany, then contact me first. Um, if you're interested in working in, in California, whatever, they will, if uh, the email is arriving at Tommy or, or my email uh, inbox, then everything is fine. Wonderful. Wonderful. Okay, we'll put links to all that in the podcast description below yeah. someplace down there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So Wonderful. We, right now, with the first hiring we do, we are two product managers. But uh, as you can imagine, uh, this will not be will not be the end. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. uh, Good. If awesome. somebody, it, it's, it's very simple. If somebody thinks that he could help us uh, 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 making uh, Amico successful, then just let us know. You know, the, the job I'm doing here right now is as the president of the European Corporation. It wasn't like that Tommy had, a, a, I would say, the description. That's your job. But basically, uh, well, we, 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 we've built our jobs. So and if somebody thinks, oh, I know something, how I can be of help for you and make it successful, well, let us know. Because we're not a regular company. And a Tommy is somebody who would like, okay, great. And uh, so, uh, yeah. Thankful for everyone. Wonderful, wonderful. Was very okay. cool, very cool, very cool. So let's 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 make it that way. Uh, by by March or April, we should uh, set up a second and then yeah. next, next call probably, and then we call probably we can show you a lot more, and then and then show you more footage and give you more details because mm -hmm. by that time. Uh, the pro actual production of the hardware should have been uh, uh, started already. You know, wow. it takes a few months' time to right, get right, sure, yeah. all the units produced. Mm -hmm. But uh, by that time, we should have the final controller, all the final games probably. Right. And uh, well, and, and then also we have a lot more to tell. And uh, but to to keep folks like you interested, we well we have to spread our news from now until October. Yeah, guys, I, guys I like guess. us, you can keep interested just by existing because we saw this. <laughs> we saw this when it first came out, and I remember Sandy Yerg. I'm like, in television, like in, in television. Well, you know, like because there's been there there had been at this point, you know, the the Atari flashback, yeah. and they were working on the 64 Mini, and yeah. all these little little console like yeah. like reproductions coming out, and it was suddenly like blah blah, like in television, and I'm like, in television. Like, yeah. Well, yeah, like in television, them too. And, yeah. and, but then we looked at it, and it's like, oh, wait, this isn't actually like, it's not, because we originally thought this is going to be kind of like a little like knockoff thingy. 
And yeah. and then, you know, as it came out, there was more information about it where it was actually going to be a full-blown system all of its own, you know, and then it was going to run... These old, the old games is also going to have new stuff, and it's yeah. it's it's got a, a a guideline. So, so every time anything has come out about it, we've been like like oh by you know we do a little news section at the beginning of the podcast, yeah. and every every time that we've done this, I feel like every other podcast we're like oh also in television is here, and this is now something new that happened, you know. So it's it's keeping people in that are actually in the in the gaming kind of scene interested yeah. is is just you know slapping television on it and we're like hey you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah and there are many more more, more stories and uh, news on the way and uh, mm. as you can imagine you, you have seen tommy because tommy is unbelievable he's so creative he has ideas uh, all the time so he will we will never run out of our ideas and then how to to promote things He's a really, uh, uh, I would say he's really a genius. Uh, I have met a lot of people, really brilliant people, but he's, uh, to work with him, it's really, uh, well, it's difficult to, to, to keep, to catch up with him. Because he's really <laughs> working all the time and he's yeah. very fast. And then I experienced that from some people, it's like, oh my God, it's too fast. So, but he's really a genius. And then that's, uh, uh, he's driving all of the process and then it's with that, that passion. What I said, uh, um, we will, you know, that the games uh, that we have shown in the trailer right now. But uh, look forward to the games that you don't know yet, because right. <laughs> we, we just tell because what we did, we said said to developers, take a look at the, um, the system and what what you could do, and come up with some ideas because these are actual ideas that you could not do on on any other machine. Mm -hmm. and that's really the point. And it's not about high-tech gaming, you know? It's not about ray tracing in real time and all that stuff. No, it's about having fun. And how could you, you know, very simple for if you have the controller here and, and just think about eight players, every player has an individual screen where you can have individual messages. And, and then you have the big screen and you can have a, a, a gyroscope and motion control and think about something. You can mm -hmm. use a microphone, you can probably sing, whatever. So it's something really amazing. And then, then yeah, some yeah. you have products that you have not seen before, and probably you have products you wouldn't call them a classic video game, but it's mm -hmm. entertainment, it's fun. So, yeah, but, but yeah. probably let's, let's uh, continue that uh, before Easter. And, uh, well, then <laughs> we'll have a lot of new things uh, to talk about. Perfect. Perfect. Thanks okay. a lot. Thank you oh my God. Awesome. Thank okay. you, sir. Thank you very much. And speak to you soon, AJ. Yes, absolutely. Sure. Bye-bye. Keep in much. touch. Bye-bye. Right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. So that was Tommy Tallarico and Hans Ippich from Intellivision. Um, you should go to their website, which is what you should be seeing on your screen right now if you're watching the video version of this, which you should be. Uh, the website is www.intellivisionamico.com, and that's all one word. Um, links are in the description below. You can also go to their Facebook page at facebook.com slash intellivision and their Twitter at twitter.com slash intellivision. Again, all of that is linked in the podcast description. Um, you know where to find us, podcast at sceneworld.org um, or any of our pages that are linked below. Um, until next time, see ya.